AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. The search has started for both the general manager and for the head coach. We're going to cast the net far and wide, doing it differently than we've done it in the past. Trying to dance and get himself free for that look. Rejection by Betiaco. Tied the other way. Miller! Bama by 20 again. Ducks turn him over, up ahead to Booker, racing past Herder, rising up, and Book brings the boom, a double boom. That was some speed there, too. Herder was like, was that a Ferrari or, or a Mustang? Ryan McMahon whiffs on the curveball, and for the third time in five starts, Zach Gallen has gone seven scoreless innings. Uh, there's a lot of discussion this year about Russell Wilson and his performance. It wasn't the type of season he had wanted to have. I think the number one job for us as coaches is in, in evaluating our players. What are the things that they do really well? Um, and then let's try to uh, put them in those positions. Um, at least that that's a starting point, and, and I think that's important to highlight their strengths. Overpowering. That left side of the Raiders' offensive line. Second to nine, play action to the end zone. Caught, touchdown, Hunter Renfro. Renfro beats Michael Davis, a touchdown. Providence unbeaten at home this year, 13-0, in part because of Devin Carter. That kid, so impressed the more you watch him. He leaves it all out there. He spends so much energy, both ends of the floor. Harris up top. Great hands. Dick for three. Good! Grady Dick cashes it in. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. And welcome to the February, the Wednesday, February 15th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7, the Cardinals, do you approve of new head coach Jonathan Gannon? College basketball, who's the best team? Part whatever. It's not like we haven't asked this question before, but it changes all the time. The Suns, what was most impressive about last night's win? The Diamondbacks, what are your expectations from the pitching staff in 2023? From the NFL, who was the best coaching hire after the Broncos added Sean Payton? And what's the most, uh, what's the best, in, best, in, best destination? I try to combine like three words there. What is the best destination for a free agent Derek Carr? And then back to college hoops, what stood out in a very entertaining Tuesday night? And anything else that caught your eye since our last show? We want to know that too. Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 
10-15, we'll go around college basketball. David Cobb from CBSSports.com scheduled to join us. 10-30, interactive action at 602-260-1060. And also the local roundup, including more on a little more on the Cardinals' new head coach, Jonathan Gannon. And also Suns and Kings analysis from Tuesday night. And the final segment will be the national roundup. Kind of a combination of headlines across America from the notebook. Maybe we'll get to some uh, lines for tonight's college and pro and a pro ba- pro basketball action. Hopefully, action. Uh, not much action in some of these NBA games, unfortunately. It's as we've talked about all year long. Then after the sports zone from 11 to 1 o'clock, it's the extra point hosted by Kayla. That'll include the NFL discussion uh, with Eric Edholm from NFL Media. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with a KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is, do you approve of the Cardinals' new head coach, Jonathan Gannon? And Kayla has the early returns. Well, I know how much you like, uh, you know, close contested votes, but we're currently... This is not one of them? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We're on 100% of the vote on the no side of things. I kind of predicted this yesterday, actually, so I'm not too surprised that this has not been a favorable hire, uh, especially after his Eagles defense had zero answers against the Chiefs during the second half collapse in Glendale. So I'm not surprised. Uh, today's Twitter poll question, who's the best team in college basketball? We're giving you some choices here. Uh, Alabama, Kansas, Purdue, or UCLA? And Kayla, what do we have here? Alabama is leading the way at 45.5% of the vote. Then we have a three-way tie between Kansas, Purdue, and UCLA, all at 18.2% of the vote. This is on Twitter, at KDUS AM 1060. Okay, my apologies to the Big 12, but I only had room for one of the nation, one team from the nation's best conference. And we actually came up with this question before Kansas won last night impressively at Oklahoma State. So I felt pretty good about that Kansas win to have this, uh, have them in our poll question. Uh, and also, sorry, Houston fans, but I just don't think your team is good enough to make the cut, at least right now. Maybe I'll change my mind. Meanwhile, back on the local front, the Suns played one of their best games of the season last night. They got uh, predictable high-level performances from DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul, plus unexpected help from uh, Josh Kobe in the victory over the Kings. What was most impressive about last night's Suns win over the Kings? Pitchers and catchers, as we speak, this is really exciting as we speak it's the diamondbacks first day of workouts for pitchers and catchers that was uh, started within the last couple of hours what are your expectations for the 2023 diamondbacks pitching staff meanwhile spanning the globe the uh, eagles coaching staff was hit hard on tuesday the final two head coaching openings the cardinals obviously with gannon and the colts opted for offensive coordinator shane syken with all four, all five NFL coaching openings now filled, uh, who are the uh, biggest winners after the Broncos hired Sean Payton? If he's not first on your list, you need to just reconsider doing a list. Meanwhile, Derek Carr officially available. The Raiders cut, sliced, released, waived, whatever they did uh, on Tuesday to avoid paying him $40 million. 
Which team would be the best free agent fit for Derek Carr? The Jets and the Saints seem to be the two teams most frequently mentioned. And back to college hoops. Providence beat Connecticut in double overtime last night, one of the top five games of the season thus far. And as I mentioned, Kansas dominated the previously sizzling Oklahoma State. What else caught your eye during a very eventful night of college hoops? Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what caught your eye since our last show? That's Pipeline for today. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion categories, whether it is from the Pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules, or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. <laughs> Coming up next, Corey Webb News Update. That'll be followed by around college basketball. David Cobb from CBSSports.com scheduled to join us. We'll go through... A variety of topics. We'll start with some Pac-12 stuff, UCLA, U of A. Is there a third Pac-12 team currently in the NCAA tournament? USC loses on the Oregon Trail last week, got swept. That means they lost at Oregon State. That's not a good loss, even if they weren't, uh, even if USC wasn't uh, full strength. You can't be losing at Oregon State, can you? Anyway, so we'll cover those things and more with David in the next segment. In addition, uh, once again, phone call time at the bottom of the hour, 602-260-1060. General discussion at that point. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7. Bringing you the latest sports topics weekly right here on KDUS AM 1060 with me, the Doug Gottlieb Show, 1 to 3 p.m. All right, welcome back to the sports we have a game on this Wednesday with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home of the Dan Patrick Show. That's uh, live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. Alabama is number one in the current AP poll, and it's not football season. That's right. Alabama number one in basketball, and uh, we're trying to hook up with David Cobb from CBSSports.com. Obviously, a couple of things, uh, a lot of things have happened in college basketball here in recent days, and that starts with last weekend in the Pac-12, and UCLA regained control of the conference. There's only three three weeks to go remaining in the regular season, you know, this week, and then for ASU, they host the Mountain Schools. Then ASU, they're done with home games after this weekend. You know, they play, unless they're in the NIT, that would be bad. Uh, but anyway, done with regular season home games after this week. Then they go to Tucson and play the U of A. And then the final weekend of the uh, Pac-12 Conference regular season, uh, ASU is at uh, the Los Angeles schools. So, right now, out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports zone by David Cobb of CBSSports.com. And, David, always good to have you. Appreciate it. 
And I was just talking about UCLA certainly regaining control of the Pac-12 with three week, uh, three weeks to go in the uh, three weeks remaining in the regular season. How does Mick Cronin's team kind of compare nationally, in your opinion, to the other top teams? Yeah, I think they're getting swept on a little bit nationally, probably because of the late tip times on the West Coast. Not as much as the country has seen them play, and then they kind of fell off. You know, early on in November, they're they're multi-team November event. They didn't play well in that. They suffered a couple of losses and their defense was not up to par early this season. But man, over the last six, eight weeks, uh, their defense has really been one of the best in the country. And now you're starting to see Amari Bailey uh, come on strong as well, the five-star freshman guard. So yeah, UCLA is on a heater right now. And, and if, you know, if I had to guess, I, I would say there's a, a good chance that the Bruins end up as the number one seed. Uh, and they'd be in the West, which would be a big deal for them, right? Yeah, absolutely, no doubt. So, yeah, Cronin's, Cronin's guys have got it going. Uh, there's no doubt, man. They, have, they, they they had all the ingredients. It just took them a little while to put it together, and now they are uh, in pole position to, to emerge as the Pac-12 champion and, and make another run. All right, the University of Arizona, they had won seven in a row, and then on Saturday night, they allowed 88 points and 61% shooting to Stanford. Uh, reason for concern or no big deal? <laughs> yeah, I would say there's a little reason for concern there. We we know Stanford is is not good. This is likely the end, it would seem, for Gerard Haas there. So it's uh, a concerning loss because it's, it's uh, a little bit of a trend now for, for Arizona. You go back to the uh, home loss to Washington State. And it just feels like there is uh, a higher than than uh, higher chance than you would like for for Arizona to go out and kind of produce a dud. Like make no mistake, when Arizona is at its best, they are one of the best teams to watch in the country. That offense can be super fun. Uh, I love the way uh, that that program has responded to Tommy Lloyd's coaching the last two seasons. But in terms of like feeling confident that Arizona can make a deep NCAA tournament run. Yeah, I do think that the, those random poor performances now that we've seen, particularly against Washington State and, and Stanford, yeah, they're, they're going to give me some pause uh, when I'm filling out my bracket just because it, they feel a little bit unpredictable in that way. Staying with the Pac-12, USC, not 100% physically. They were missing uh, their big center. Morgan was out again, but they had swept on the Oregon Trail last week, and that means losing at Oregon State. Is uh, the Pac-12 down to two teams in the NCAA tournament right now? It's it's really uh, there's a, a couple of scenarios that, that really vary here. I mean, in a in a disaster scenario, yeah, you could have UCLA and Arizona as your only teams. However, there, there's also a scenario where USC gets in, uh, where uh, Arizona State or Oregon uh, finish strong down the stretch and get in. So, I mean, I doubt I doubt Arizona State and Oregon would both uh, make it. But, you know, it seems like like four is within the realm of possibility or not all that preposterous for the Pac-12. But but two is a very real scenario as well. So uh, the league needs for USC and, and Arizona State and Oregon to pull it together here down the stretch or else it could be one of those years where they end up having a pretty lean representation in the dance. David Cobb of CBSSports.com, curling the sports zone as we go around college basketball. All right, away from the Pac-12, uh, the Big East. Uh, fun last night with Providence winning a double overtime against Creighton. 
tonight it's Marquette and Xavier. Xavier shorthanded, obviously, without Fremantle. Uh, those two teams tonight playing for first place. How would you break down and rank Providence, Creighton, Xavier, and Marquette? Yeah, it's a fun top half of the of the Big East this year. Uh, some of the teams that you historically would expect to be competitive uh, in that league, specifically, you know, Villanova and Georgetown, are really going through it this year and really aren't aren't factors at all. Uh, so maybe from a national standpoint, uh, you know, maybe we don't we don't recognize the names top that conference uh, quite as much. But Sean Miller's done an amazing job in year one back at Xavier. Shaka Smart has revitalized his career at Marquette and then you know UConn has been really uh, up and down uh, but but they are they are going to be a tough out in the NCAA tournament because they have they have all the talent and all the pieces and then look I mean Creighton uh, a team that, that went through a six great game losing streak early in the season they've been really good and, and got picked off last night obviously against Providence but I, I, I like that top half of the Big East and if I had to pick one that I like the most uh, it's probably Creighton and when you're filling out your bracket here in a few weeks, they would be a team that I would look at to uh, pencil in for the second weekend because they're probably only going to be like a five seed or a six seed because of their record. Uh, but you have to remember that some of those losses came when, when their star center, uh, Ryan Kalkbrenner, was out of the lineup. Since he's returned, Creighton's been, been excellent, uh, even with, of course, a, a tough double overtime loss last night so uh, Creighton's going to be one of those teams you can impress your friends by by penciling them in to go deep in the tournament and, and they could get it done as a five or a six seed and it wouldn't be shocking okay I'm always looking to impress my friends plus I like Creighton also so good combination there all right, the a- the ACC. Miami can score against pretty much anybody. Uh, Duke and Carolina underachieving. What do we think of that trio of teams? Yeah, it's a, it's a bad year again for for the ACC. I mean, I keep saying y'all you know, a bad year for, or uh, maybe the Pac-12. Bad year maybe for the ACC. The SEC is is Alabama and, and a bunch of uh, nobodies. You know, so so who really is good in college basketball right now in terms of a conference wide you know. Uh, situation i guess certainly the big 12 is but yeah i i, I don't know uh, exactly what to make of of what's going on in the acc you got a first year coach at duke and john shire with a freshman laden roster and it's taking them a while to figure it out uh moving away from from mike krzyzewski i mean i guess the, the stunning storyline that sticks out in the acc is just north carolina uh I, I would say on the wrong side of the bubble with five games left in the regular season after they were the, the preseason number one in the AP poll, after they made the national title game last season and returned four out of five starters. It's just stunning uh, that they have been so unable uh, to get it figured out and going in the right direction. So uh, that that's what sticks out to me about the ACC. And yeah, you give uh, Miami and Virginia some credit, though. I mean, those, those teams uh, will be dangerous in March. Uh, they are very different, but Miami can beat you with their guards and their up-tempo style. Virginia, as per usual, Tony Bennett uh, slows you down, plays really good defense. Those are the two teams that I think are threats out of the ACC. I think what what Duke is trying to do, relying so heavily on so many freshmen in this era, is more difficult now than ever because 10 years ago there were a lot of uh, one-and-done oriented teams having success, but college basketball has gotten older, and I don't necessarily – a scenario where, where Duke makes a lot of noise down the stretch. Okay, I'm going to ask you about one more bad team, and I promise we'll get to some good stuff here shortly. Uh, but I watched Illinois last night. 
they drive me nuts. They allowed 93 points to Penn State. I think Illinois should be better. Or am I wrong about that? And, you know, don't hesitate to criticize me and tell me I'm nuts if I'm wrong. No, they're emblematic of the Big Ten as a whole in the sense that you want to you want to uh, feel like they've got it coming together and then all of a sudden they fall apart. I mean, Rutgers is another team like that that lost at home last night to Nebraska after looking like yeah. they might be one of the better teams in the league. And so outside of Purdue, which – Oh, by the way, Purdue's lost two out of three as well. Uh, it, it's really difficult to uh, find a team in the Big Ten that you can consistently roll with. But they're going to have a large volume of teams to make the NCAA tournament. And Illinois can be dangerous uh, come the NCAA tournament because they have a couple of guys who can really go off. I mean, in particular, Terrence Shannon has some nights where he's borderline unstoppable. But uh, the thing that, that's really hurt Illinois this season and kept Illinois from developing consistency has been the lack of high-quality guard play. And that was not helped when their their top freshman, Sky Clark, had to step mm-hmm. away from the program you know, a few weeks back. And so they're not all that deep, uh, and it's a new team that's still gelling with a bunch of transfers playing key roles in key minutes. So uh, that doesn't – you know, if they can kind of, kind of get on the right path headed into March, you can get through March playing a, a six- or seven-man rotation. We saw North Carolina do that last season. So – uh, just, can, can they get there with any momentum? Can they get there uh, playing decent basketball? If so, then, then I, I think Illinois has a chance to make some noise. But uh, they, they've certainly had trouble gelling and uh, getting consistent guard play and, and having enough depth, depth to put uh, a good run together in the Big Ten. Talking college basketball with David Cobb of CBSSports.com. All right, certainly some interesting games tonight. Let's start with top-ranked Alabama against Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee has some, uh, you know, nice metrics, but they got some really bad losses. Uh, <laughs> is Alabama, which is unbeaten in the SEC, are they the? Is Alabama the best team in the nation? And also, what should we be looking for tonight, Alabama, Tennessee? Yeah, I believe Alabama is the best team in the nation. There's so many different ways that they can beat you. They, they're really good defensively and they're really good offensively, and they've got a lot of. Uh, versatile weapons on their team. I'll give you one example of why Alabama, I think, is the best team in the country. Brandon Miller, the star freshman, best player on that team, likely NBA lottery pick, he can go 0 for 7 from three-point range, which is his best skill. And Alabama can still beat you by double digits because uh, even when he is off, one, he finds other ways to contribute and be effective. Defense, rebounding, uh, getting to the free throw line. He doesn't let a poor shooting night affects his overall game. And then Alabama has enough other weapons to where when he scores below his average or has a bad offensive night, uh, they can still uh, make up for that production elsewhere. And that's just a sign of their depth and sign of their culture, too. seems like Nate Oates has the perfect type of roster right now. It's deep. He's got a good mix of veterans and really talented freshmen. Uh, and these guys seem to be totally okay with their roles and what's asked of them. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of hero ball there doesn't seem to be any jealousy over roles um and they they play both sides of the ball so there was that random aberration where alabama lost by 24 at oklahoma and can't explain that one uh, other than they had a bad offensive game and a bad defense game at the same time and i just don't think that's going to happen all that often with alabama so uh yeah tough spot going on the road tonight tough 10 top 10 game against tennessee but I do think I actually like Alabama as an underdog uh, tonight yeah. because uh, Tennessee could be without uh, Josiah Jordan-James and Julian Phillips, who are, are mm. two of their more 
uh, uh, rangy, lengthy, athletic perimeter defenders. And this is not an Alabama team that you want to be missing those types of guys, you know, when you're playing against. Also tonight, TCU's at Iowa State. Uh, first up, do we know what's up with Mike Miles? Uh, how far can they go if and when he comes back? And Iowa State, is it's just the inept offense kind of catching up with them. <laughs> yeah, the, you, you're really seeing the, the Big 12, I think, start to have a little bit of separation at the top. You know, there was a minute there where it seemed like, like six teams uh, might all be in the running come the final weekend of the regular season. But, uh, you know, you, you got Texas, uh, Baylor, and Kansas now tied atop the league. And TCU and Iowa State have probably regressed to about where we thought they would be entering the season, which is NCAA tournament caliber, but not quite conference title uh, caliber. So, yeah, Mike Miles being out has been a huge hindrance for TCU. Uh, I heard yesterday he was at practice, looked good at practice, participating and all that we'll see if he can go tonight uh, obviously that's a, a huge going to have a huge impact on uh, the way that game plays out but yeah I mean ultimately for both of these teams you're just trying to hold on keep some semblance of momentum together uh, and just get to the postseason um, healthy-ish and feeling somewhat good about yourself uh, it's similar to Illinois you know uh, you've gone through it with injuries you're not all that deep to begin with you play in a tough league um, can you just keep keep it together here down the stretch? So big game tonight for, for both of those teams. So the winner is going to feel a lot better about themselves coming down the stretch entering the postseason. Okay, one more game. Indiana's another team. Never totally healthy, seemingly, unfortunately. But they've certainly turned it around. They play tonight at Northwestern. And Northwestern's coming off the uh, Sunday historic win against Purdue. Is tonight a letdown spot for Northwestern? Yeah, it could be. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Indiana is very good team. They're, they're putting it together. They are, in my mind, that clear-cut second-best team now in the Big Ten behind Rutgers. Uh, excuse me, behind Purdue, not Rutgers. Um, so yeah, Indiana is is a another one of those teams. I would put them in that in that same category as Creighton in the sense of hey, they're probably not going to be a, a, a three seed or certainly not any better than that. They might be a four, a five, a six even in the NCAA tournament, but you can have faith in them to potentially make a run because uh, the fact is you know, their struggles were early in the season when they were going through injury problems. Uh, they have, they've missed Xavier Johnson, Rafe Thompson, uh, Dylan Hutchifino, all very important players who have all missed certain stretches of this year. Now they're getting all these guys back healthy playing together, and you're starting to see how good they can be. So, uh, yeah, when, when, when your bracket comes out in a few weeks, Indiana's not going to be near the top, but they're going to be playing – uh, I would say, like, one of the best teams in the country. So, uh, yeah, this is a spot tonight where, where Northwestern, uh, coming off that big win over Purdue, uh, boy, uh, it's going to be tough to string together consecutive victories over the best team uh, in the Big Ten. Did they get everybody off the court from the court storming on Sunday to play the game tonight? <laughs> I know, right? Uh, nice to have the, another, another home game. Uh, I'm sure ticket sales are through the roof after – uh, yeah. You knock off number one, and 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 for Northwestern's sake, clinch your spot in the, in the big dance. And Chris Collins, heck, he may have saved his job, uh, you know, with the job he's done this year and winning that game. So uh, kudos to him. Man. It's fun to see that program uh, kind of come back to life. Yeah, I, I used to be a Northwestern season ticket holder when I actually did the syndicated radio in Chicago, and there, I'm sure there's plenty of tickets sold long before this game or before Sunday because the IU fans come out like every you know, every IU fan in Chicago shows up for this game every year. 
So. Yeah, it should be a, a fun atmosphere, uh, low-key tonight. You know, you don't necessarily think of Northwestern as having a, a Rockets home court advantage, but I bet they will tonight. Yeah, in fact, I was at the Kevin O'Neill Bob Knight almost got into a brawl game back in the day. That was uh, oh, wow. quite a quite a few years ago. It was uh, you know the, the, the handshake thing did not go as planned <laughs> at that point. <laughs> well, so. hey, maybe Chris Collins and uh, and Mike Woodson will uh, will uh, throw some hands tonight. You know. There you go. I mean, I, you know, I can't make much of a connection between Collins and O'Neill, but Woodson and Bob Knight, we can for sure. So, <laughs> yeah. so there we go. David, great stuff. I really appreciate it. Look forward to doing this again during the tournament and before. And thanks for the time. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. David Cobb, CBSSports.com. Excellent stuff. And that was actually a true story about the Kevin O'Neill, former U of A assistant coach way back in the day for Lute Olson, before he ended up getting several head coaching jobs in college basketball, one in Northwestern and uh, he and Bob Knight were not exactly best friends, at least on that particular day. Meanwhile, next segment is phone call time. 602-260-1060. This general discussion. 602-260-1060. Also, uh, we will get to some uh, sons from last night. A little more on the Cardinals hiring of Jonathan Gannon to a five-year contract. Uh, they're going to introduce him tomorrow. Tomorrow is quite a busy day if you're a local media member in town. They're introducing him at 10 a.m. The Cardinals are doing that. And then at 2 o'clock, something the Suns announced on Monday morning, they're introducing Kevin Durant. At least it's not at the same time. So it seems like uh, the Cardinals waited like more than a month to hire a coach, and they're introducing the coach on the same day that the Suns are introducing Kevin Durant. Maybe they could have planned that a little bit better. Or maybe that's the only time that Gannon could do it. I don't know. Uh, he should want to get here as fast as possible and you know, make sure that he signs that five-year contract. KDUS AM 1060 is the home to the Dan Patrick Show, the Doug Gottlieb Show, and Sports Map Radio. Catch all the sports content here on AM 1060. It's time for today's local roundup. Lux HD2 100.7. Thanks to David Kopp from CBSSports.com. Excellent college basketball discussion in the last segment. In addition, local roundup, it is phone call time. If you want to jump aboard, 602-260-1060. we got time and room. Feel free to interrupt at any point in this segment if you wish. Meanwhile, on to the local roundup. We go on the Cardinals coaching search of 35 days. Ended on Tuesday. The Cardinals announced the hiring of previous Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon to a five-year contract. He was the Eagles defensive coordinator the last two seasons. Prior to working with the Eagles, he was a defensive quarter, uh, uh, defensive backs excuse me, and cornerbacks coach with the Indianapolis Colts from 2018 through 2020. He was an assistant defensive backs coach and quality control, uh, quality control coach with the Vikings from 2014 through 17. And he was, a, uh, before that, he was a defensive assistant with the Titans from 2012 and 2013. Before that, he also spent three seasons, 2009 and through, uh, through 2011, as a scout with the St. Louis Rams, beginning his NFL coaching career as an assistant coach with the Falcons back in 2007. So he's been well-traveled over the last 15 years or so. As I mentioned, the Cardinals will introduce him tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. 
Meanwhile, the Suns played one of their most entertaining games of the season last night. The Suns were the better team the majority of the night. They were two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Kings, and they covered easily, 120-109. to 109. Uh, The current Suns' big three dominated. DeAndre Ayton had 29 points, 11 rebounds, and four steals. Devin Booker, playing his first home game in 2023, had 32 points. And Chris Paul more than contributed 17 points and a season-high 19, 17 points and 19 assists. That's a career uh, season-high for assists. That's only two off his career high uh, for assists to the 19, which kind of surprised me when I heard that last night and mentioned in the postgame. Booker is still on, a, still on a minutes restriction, which I think is really smart. And I assume that's going to be the case through the All-Star break. Uh, I think that's a wise decision. Wise, wise decision by the Suns brace, uh, Suns brass. Trying to speak English here. Booker last night, the 32 points in 29 minutes, uh, is 32 points. He didn't even attempt a three-point field goal last night, and still had 32 points. Meanwhile, the X factor was Josh Okogi, uh, and he actually uh, he had 19 points on eight of 13 shooting, six rebounds, and three assists. Statistically speaking, the Suns shot 56.8%. Uh, they had 33 assists on 50 made field goals. That's an incredibly high rate. And they dominated in the paint. I mentioned Booker didn't even attempt the three. That's because he was scoring in the paint a lot. Uh, in fact, the Suns outscored the Kings in the paint 62-40. to 40. Meanwhile, some personnel news here. Uh, Cameron Payne worked out before the game on Tuesday. It seems unlikely he's going to play on Thursday night against the Clippers. That's the Suns' final game before the All-Star break. Then they don't play for eight days after Thursday night. So I would think it would be surprising if he played Thursday, but not surprising if Payne returns after the break. Uh, As I mentioned, that starts on February 24th. That's a home game on that Friday night, February 24th. That's against Oklahoma City. The bottom line, <clears throat> excuse me, the Suns remain unbeaten at home against the Pacific Division this season. They are 9-0 against Pacific Division opponents. The Kings fell to 5-6 and six in division matchups. And also the Suns uh, now only two games behind the loss column again uh, to the Kings, and they've, they're, they're head in the season series now two games to zero against the Kings. So Sacramento falls to 32-25. and 25. The Suns sitting at 32-27. and 27. And the Clippers, who were here tomorrow night, are 32-28. and 28. Also, uh, just uh, we'll have more on the, the, uh, the Sun Devils and the Wildcats tomorrow in this segment. But uh, the Sun Devils and Wildcats, they host the Mountain Schools uh, this week. And actually, there is a game tonight in the Pac-12 with Oregon at Washington. Yeah, Oregon, uh, you know, not a great, well, they beat USC last week, but then they got blown out in the second half in their home floor, uh, Oregon against, uh, against you know, they got pretty much run out of the building by UCLA in the second half last Saturday night. So they play tonight, that's an ESPNU game at 9 o'clock, and then the Thursday schedule, Colorado was uh, at Arizona State, that's a Pac-12 network game. That's at uh, 6 o'clock. The second half of that doubleheader uh, is uh, the U of A hosting Utah. That's a revenge game for the U of A. Remember they lost uh, the first conference game of the season. They got blown out at Utah. 
That's an 8 o'clock game on Pac-12. Also tomorrow night, uh, Stanford coming off the big win against the U of A this past weekend on Saturday night. They're at UCLA. That's an ESPN2 game tomorrow night at 9. And Oregon State plays at Washington State. That's an ESPNU game at 9. Then Cal is at USC. See if USC can recover from its horrendous weekend in Oregon last weekend when they got swept, including a, you know, just they that was it was not good. They lost at Oregon State, and that's not a good thing at all. Uh, that's an FS1 game tomorrow night at nine o'clock. So, quickly, uh, the U of A even after the loss, uh, they they did have they had a seven game winning streak till so they got blown out at Stanford the other night. Uh, but the U of A now second in the conference. They're two full games behind in the loss column against UCLA. Uh, UCLA 12 and 2 in conference play. The U of A is 11 and 4. ASU, of course, swept the Bay Area schools last week, and uh, ASU now 9 and 6 in conference play, 18 and 8 overall. Uh, they do not have a good record against ranked opponents. They're 1 and 6 against top 25 teams this season, and uh, they're going to need. Some help, you know, the final three games. This is the final two games of the regular season at home for ASU uh, tomorrow night and then Saturday. Uh, so they're going to need uh, to go on the road and win at least one game uh, against the U of A in Tucson. And then the final weekend of the regular season, they're at L.A. against USC and UCLA. And uh, even if they win one or two of those games, they might still need to win the Pac-12 tournament to even make the NCAA tournament at this point. One other quick note, uh, former U of A head football coach Kevin Semlin has a new gig. Uh, he was named yesterday the uh, next. He's the new co-offensive coordinator at Maryland. Uh, and they have some offensive players on that team in Maryland. That's never been a problem. Keeping them healthy has been a problem. Uh, but we'll see how Kevin Sumlin does as a co-offensive coordinator at Maryland. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's one-hour sports zone with the National Roundup. Don't forget the extra point. Coming up in the next two hours from 11 to 1 o'clock, hosted by Kayla. That will include around the NFL with Eric Edholm from NFL Media. And I'm sure we'll talk about the Cardinals' new head coaching situation and the new head coach and a few other items around the NFL with Eric. So stay tuned for that. I have a sneaky idea that we might even get into a little draft discussion. The Cardinals have the third pick. Eric is a you know, draft guru guy, among many things. So I'm sure that'll be a topic of discussion at some point because I'll bring it up. <laughs> That's the deal. You listen to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD 2 100.7. Interact with Bob Kemp's poll question on KDUS1060.com. That's KDUS1060.com. And while you're there, check out Bob Kent's bottom line at KDUS1060.com. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back. Final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM1060 and KISS Lux HD2 100.7. And from the scoreboard last night, the Bucks needed overtime. To beat the shorthanded Celtics, the Celtics were without Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Al Horford, and Marcus Smart. 
and the Bucks needed overtime to win the game. Uh, Drew Holiday, he was tremendous. He had a uh, tied his career high with 40 points. Had the go-ahead three-pointer with 25.2 seconds to go in the overtime, and uh, the Bucks ended up winning 131 to 125. That's Milwaukee's 11th consecutive victory. Giannis, 26 points, 13 rebounds, nine assists. It's almost a triple-double. I'm pretty sure about that. Uh, 26, 13, and nine, close to a triple-double. Uh, and uh, they moved within a half game of the Celtics uh, for the best record in the Eastern Conference. Meanwhile, college basketball. Providence outlasted Creighton last night in double overtime. Devin Carter, 25 points. Providence ends up winning the game by six in double overtime. 94 to 86. Uh, Bryce Hopkins, who is a candidate certainly for Big East Player of the Year, and Brian Locke each had 20 points for Providence. Providence is 19 and 7 overall, 11 and 4 in the conference. They also ended an eight-game winning streak for Creighton. Uh, that winning streak began on, in Creighton uh, for Creighton against uh, Providence back on January the 14th. On the other side of thing, Creighton is now 17 and 9 overall. 11 and 4. They dropped to third place in the Big East because of the loss. Uh, Providence is actually the defending regular season champs. They're 14 and 0 at home this year, and they're 9 and 1 in their last 10 games that have gone into overtime, which is somewhat amazing. And there's some luck involved, but I think there's some skill involved there, too. Uh, meanwhile, Kansas defeated uh, previously surging Oklahoma State last night as uh, Grady Dick had 17 points of his career-high 26 in the second half, and Kansas wins at Oklahoma State. They win in Stillwater. Bill Self wins at his alma mater, which has been a problem for Kansas in recent years. And uh, But uh, KU wins last night, nine, uh, excuse me, 87-76 in that game. Uh, Dick made se- uh, 10 out of 17 field goals, including four out of nine threes. Kansas 66% from the field in the second half, which is quite something because Oklahoma State is one of the best defenses in college basketball. In fact, they led the league in defensive field goal percentage before last night. Kansas has now won three in a row, so all the people that were panicking about Kansas, they're 21-5 overall, 9-4 in conference play, and they're now tied for first place. Atop the best conference in college basketball, the Big 12, they're tied with Texas and Baylor, all in the three-way tie. Meanwhile, some quick things from the wire here. The Ravens hiring Todd Munkin as the offensive coordinator, leaving the University of Georgia, where, of course, he was the offensive coordinator and uh, quarterback's coach the last two years when the Bulldogs won back-to-back national championships. This is interesting. I just thought of this. Uh, that you know, John McKechnie, our uh, rotowire.com fantasy football guru dude, uh, he's a Georgia alum and he's a Ravens fan. So he loses Bonkin, leaving Georgia, and he's going to his favorite NFL team. So not sure how he thinks about that. We're gonna, have, I'm sure we'll have John on before the draft or during the combine, which is in a couple weeks at some point. So I'll try to remember to ask him that. College football and uh, has to do with the Pac-12 here, and this is good Pac-12 news. Utah offensive coordinator Andy Ludwig, who actually interviewed for the same position at Notre Dame, uh, has told Notre Dame he's staying in Utah. Apparently, there's a buyout here. There's a two million dollar, at least two million dollar buyout, according to Pete Thamel of ESPN. So Utah actually outbidding Notre Dame, out 
spending Notre Dame uh, for an assistant coach, which is somewhat surprising. At least I'm surprised. Also from the hot stove, Major League Baseball plans to emphasize enforcement of the bulk rule in 2023. Uh, as uh, continues the sweeping rules changes, we will have a baseball discussion tomorrow in this hour with Matt Schneider of uh, CBSSports.com. He's got his opening power rankings for the 2023 season out there, and uh, we'll talk to him about that also. All right, some basketball for tonight. Cleveland at Philadelphia, first half of the ESPN doubleheader. That's at 5.30. And uh, Philadelphia, two-point uh, home favorite in that game, total at 216.5. The second half of the ESPN doubleheader is uh, New Orleans at the Lakers. I assume LeBron's going to play tonight. Uh, he hasn't played a game uh, since he actually broke Kareem's record, which was, what, a week ago sometime last week. I got a little confused all the days with everything going on with the Super Bowl here in town, but he hadn't played since then. He was at the Super Bowl, though, LeBron was. I know he's catching some grief that he showed up for the Super Bowl here in Arizona, and he wasn't hadn't played a game with the Lakers recently. But I think he's supposed to play tonight, and I'm judging by this line that he's going to play tonight. Uh, the Lakers, a three-and-a-half, four-point favorite against New Orleans, second half of that ESPN doubleheader. All right, that's it for uh, – we might get some more college basketball in the next couple of hours and the extra point hosted by Kayla. So there's some big games tonight. Talked about some of these earlier this hour uh, with uh, you know, David Cobb from CBSSports.com. But uh, we'll see how that goes in the next couple of hours. Also, in the next two hours, we'll definitely have the extra point hosted by Kayla and that'll include a discussion around the NFL with Eric Gedholm of NFL Media. That'll include uh, some talk about the Cardinals hiring Jonathan Gannon. And we'll have more phone call time also in the next uh, couple hours, 602-260-1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening.